0: Yo, 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 what is up, collectors? Welcome to a fresh new episode of Everyone Collects. I am Kevin, joined by my co-host Adrian. And in this week's episode, we'll be talking about popular collectibles, as well as how the collectible industry has grown over time. And this week, we will also share some of our favorite items in our own collection. As always, this podcast is for any and everyone. And the views that are expressed from me and Adrian are strictly our opinions. We are not here to offend anyone. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast.
1: What's up, everybody? And welcome to another amazing episode here on Everyone Collects. Uh, This is episode number four, titled, The Market, Go Boom. (laughs) Um, Obviously, you have myself, Adrian, today, and we're welcoming back Kevin. Hello, everybody. What is it? Yeah, so last week, um, obviously, I went solo. Uh, Kevin had some things going on, but we're glad to have him back this week. Uh, Kevin is actually getting ready to go leave for vacation, so decided to go ahead and get this podcast going before he left um so last week's uh episode um i was talking about uh a few things with um collecting and all that and uh definitely got a lot of good feedback from some people they definitely appreciated um the uh (laughs) the uh different use of recording equipment um you know sounded a lot better but um this week's topics for this episode are uh popular collectibles these days and the impact they have on the community whether it be good or bad how the collectible industry has grown over time and what collectibles people are making or producing because of the huge market boom or collecting um also today uh kevin and i are not going to be doing any fun facts or anything but we're going to do a little sharing time after we're done speaking on the topic. So definitely get ready for that. So to start off um, with the first one, um, the popular collectibles these days and the impact they've had on the community, whether it be good or bad. Um, So obviously nowadays, most typical popular collectibles are obviously, you know, uh, trading card games and Funko Pops and, Um, pretty much those are like the most common ones, but I mean, there are other ones out there that are kind of in the uh, background, so to speak. Um, so, so obviously with, we'll start off with like trading card games, PCG. So obviously the more popular ones are usually Pokemon and, you know, obviously Pokemon is the most popular at this point in this moment right now. Um, it's,
0: had, it's had the game on a chokehold for about, what, since the late 90s? Like, yeah, ninety
1: eight, ninety nine, Yeah. It really and, went boom
0: in 2000.
1: Right. And I mean, because, you know, obviously because of YouTube influencers like Logan Paul and other people like that, and obviously due to the COVID, you know, and stuff, the pandemic, people were kind of bored. They were at home. And they had to find something to do. And of course, that really sparked up the TCG community again. Um, but with that, like the impact um, that that has on the collecting community, like I said, in my opinion, you know, there is good and bad. Um, obviously, the good is that people are, you know, there are some people out there that were collectors before and they kind of stopped, you know, and everything else. But then, you know, with the pandemic being as bad as it was, it really did spark up a lot of other people in all generations, not just, you know, young kids and stuff, but we're talking about people like our age and even older, um, you know, cause they, like I said, they had nothing to do and they were bored and they kind of got to take a seat back and take a breath for a second. Well, whoa, you know, it's been forever since I've done this and then, you know, you've got, people like myself and and you Kevin where we have kids, you know, and you know, we're interacting with them with the Pokémon and the collectibles and stuff cuz it's you know cuz I mean the thing is, you know, we're busy, we're adults, we got jobs, you know, and you know, sometimes we just get so cluttered with stuff, we don't actually take a breath and you know, but with that, you know, it was it was something we were able to kind of, you know, that was like with the pandemic, it was bad, you know, obviously for everything that happened, but the good thing was people like families were starting to actually talk to each other. You know, cause, right. you know, but, you know, with, with the impact on that, you know, like I said, the good part is people were getting back into collecting and, you know, they were doing stuff with families and they were kind of reliving their childhood and, you know, nostalgia. Now, as far the the, the bad part of that, in my opinion, obviously, is what's going to lead us into another topic for another episode. And that's obviously, you know, the, the, the value. Um, obviously with people doing that, you know, like nowadays with Pokemon, you know, the big thing right now is Japanese, you know, TCG. So obviously Pokemon, when they first come out and for any set, they start over in Japan first. And they have a, they have a set over there. You know, and then eventually it comes to the state and then, you know, the same set, but different name and, you know, whatever. So recently there's been a huge hype for Japanese Pokemon booster boxes and stuff and all that. And um, unfortunately, like I said, I won't go into too much depth with it, but the bad part of it is it's just it's the market manipulation. It's, it's the excess value that people are charging for this stuff. And it's almost to a point where people can't even collect anymore. Because you know they're they're having to shell out tons of money and all this and stuff, but so th- those are kind of my opinions, you know, with the collectibles these days and all that, you know, the good and the bad. Um, so, Kevin, what's your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah,
0: I I totally agree with you. Um, just to piggyback on, you know, what are some of the popular collectibles these days? Of course, like you said, Pokemon cards and. Um, I know. For me, also, I collect a lot of sports cards as well, and I know that that market has went drastically uh, gigantic over the last uh, two to three years, especially mm-hmm. you know with COVID and everything. Right. Um, you know the the market. I looked at it as, you know, the the positive part of the whole situation is like you said families get the opportunity to bond with that type of uh with those type of things you know mm-hmm. I wish when I was my son's age that I had you know that my parents were really into what I was into and unfortunately <laughs> that wasn't the case you know right? They, you know they were just like okay you know I don't even, <laughs> think, they, I don't even think for the for the
1: first,
0: probably, they probably thought we were weird. It, I, yeah, for for like the better words, but then they also like you got to think about it. Like Pokemon, I feel like for the longest time, it was Pokemon, or you know, <laughs> just just saying the names wrong, and you know, yeah. my <laughs> my mom didn't get the the value of why I needed another deck of cards when I already had. decks of cards or two packs of cards Mm -hmm. you know what i mean um and then the the negative of course is for me i've noticed a lot of retailers are not keeping them are not are not selling the cards at all if they are they're not they're not as available as they were say so the I lack of supply, that. supply. What you're talking about is the lack of supply. Ab- absolutely. You know, I went to Walmart the other day, and while they did have tons of Pokemon cards, you know, the they're they're down to selling blind boxes for the price of a starter deck back mm-hmm. in the day, and it's like right. you take that risk of, you know. Of what you may not want, or you know, having to mm-hmm. run the risk of you know bad cards or whatever. But right, you know, it's it's definitely something that is, has become more frustrating, you know, mm-hmm. as a collector because right. you're having to you know go, you know, like for Target, for instance, they don't they don't sell Pokemon cards at all because of the
1: huge like wave of people who are wanting cards and you know when well when did they stop selling pokemon cards because like i said with target you know the ones i've been to not not recently it's been i don't know probably about a month or so we haven't been to a target but (sighs) targets i went to i don't know they did have some pokemon but um but not a whole bunch. i honestly i i have seen targets carry obviously they're not, mm. they're not not carrying Pokemon cards, but they're not carrying as much. I would right. say, right? <laughs> right. That's what I was getting ready to say. to oh, well. okay.
0: Say, I, I haven't been to a Target. I try to yeah. avoid Target, like
1: anything, because <laughs> yeah, I will be too. in there for two hours with my watch. But oh yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, but you've seen like, it, well, kind of off topic, but real quick. But you, you've seen the videos where. Um, there, there's a video out there where these guys are dads or whatever or husbands and um, they That's end up for help well no no they they end up creating like a parking lot group so like it's uh it's I forget what it's called but I think it's like Dad or something it's a there there are a couple that do these videos and stuff but um his his wife you know she's been pregnant a couple times and they got a bunch of kids but he makes these videos of like how it is to be a dad and Stuff like that, but one of the episodes was actually pertaining to going to Target with your wife. And then there was they went into depth about how, oh uh, you're we going to Target, and then the one husband meets another husband and they start making uh like kind of a hangout. Instead of going like over to homes, what they did was they start hanging out in the parking lot of Target. And they, they, they go into Target, buy a TV, come out, hook it up, do all this crazy stuff. And like the wives come back and they're like, all right, come on, it's time to leave. So they like they were having an adult uh, husband play date while their wives are in Target for five hours shopping, you know? So, and it's, it's a funny video, but I, I just, when you said Target and stuff, you're in there for hours. It just kind of sparked that up because that's so, true. So i might have to trademark this but kind of
0: like targeting
1: yeah that's actually a good word for it
0: targeting yeah (laughs) did you know speaking of tailgating and i will uh never mention this ever again but they have a thing called tailgating which is for Swifties. No offense to anyone who loves Taylor Swift. Oh,
1: Taylor Swift, yeah. They will
0: literally (laughs) tailgate as if it is like, you know, a football game or a uh, Buffett concert. You know what I mean?
1: I think those are called roadies.
0: Those two. I mean, that's, like I said, that's the last time I'll ever mention, I will ever mention Taylor Swift. more.
1: No more talking to Tay-Tay, okay? So, um, so, so. Sorry to get off topic there, everybody, but we just had to discuss that a little bit. But um, so, just moving on
0: to,
1: yeah, Just a little fun banter. Um, so, topic number two: how the collectible industry has grown over time. Now, obviously, with collectibles and stuff, you know, it's just the way the world worked. Um, you know, collectibles do grow over time. And it's not really the the main collectibles you know they keep making more and more and more mostly we're talking about you know other collectibles so like obviously you got your pokemon and they keep coming out with a new set every every week or something you know not really but it seems like it but you know <laughs> talking about more of like other people you know starting to get into it and i guess that kind of goes into topic three also as well so we can kind of combine these two but so with the collective industry people are seeing what effect it has and of course you know with more and more pcg or trading card game you know products coming out i mean it, it's insane, you know. I mean, obviously, everybody knows the typical back in the day was Pokemon, and then it, well, actually, it was it was Pokemon, and then Magic: The Gathering came out, but people never really played the Pokemon game. I mean, I didn't. I mean, there probably is people out there that, that did. I but did, it, I did, and I got, I,
0: I went to one tournament once, and I got annihilated.
1: Not, oh yeah, I, I mean, people game. that play these, yeah, people that play these trading card games. I mean, they're. They're more, I mean, but I feel like they're more tactical and just like, like just straight to it, mostly more than um, video game players, you know, I just because it's like, you have to have skills for both, obviously both, you know, things, you know, both trading card game players and video game But trading card game players. I've seen videos where people like just annihilate somebody like within Mm -hmm. a couple of turns like there's a video <laughs> again sorry to get off topic but there's a video out there um there's there's a group of people playing uh oh and of course with Yu-Gi-Oh you have like life points and stuff and um i don't know how much you get nowadays but back in the day it was like 2000 well there's a video out there kind of older but there's these adults you know playing the game and it's a short clip and there's this guy and he's like holding his Yu-Gi-Oh cards and The other opponent was, like, doing this, this, and he's talking to me. He's like, wait, how much is that? He's like, wait, he's like, what? And he starts yelling, like, some random number. And the thing is, with Yu-Gi-Oh!, if anybody's ever watched the actual show, when your life points go down, it makes, like, a little dinging sound, like, doo-doo-doo-doo, you know, and it goes down. Well, this grown man was playing an actual game with somebody, like, you know, real world and he starts going crazy because apparently he lost and then he actually makes that sound like he's like wait what how many points he's like and he goes oh, and it just, he, like it, it, this his mannerisms was so funny and there's another gentleman that was playing right next to him and that guy just started busting out laughing i mean it's hilarious but anybody that's ever seen the Yu-Gi-Oh show knows that noise with the life points going down but the fact that a grown man Who's actually playing the actual game in physical life and is at like just some kind of random, you know, tournament type thing. He he's gets so into it that he actually makes the sound <laughs> of his life yeah. point going down. And it's just, it's hilarious. But you, you know what?
0: That is the most of Yu-Gi-Oh! that I have ever known. I was like I said, I think in one of the more previous episodes, I've never I tried to fall for the Yu-Gi-Oh thing. Yeah, I, uh,
1: with but... Yu-Gi-Oh, like I said, once Yu-Gi-Oh came out, I I, I got away from Pokemon and yes. I started Yu-Gi-Oh and I watched the show religiously and wow. I loved it and, like, nowadays, like I said, even with Pokemon, the TV shows and stuff, uh, I mean, we might talk about shows related to collectibles, maybe in another episode, um, but It it just, uh, like I said, and that's kind of the whole thing, how it's grown over time, you know, from being a kid to like nowadays or even nowadays to the future, you know, it's going to change drastically. I mean, there's so many things out there. Like there, there's so many TCG games out there that were, you know, shows at first. I mean, like I said, Magic the Gathering doesn't have a show. You know, somebody could possibly make that. But like, even now, like I said, Lord of the Rings, you know, everybody... Loves Lord of the Rings, but Kevin, because he's never seen them. But um, <laughs> <laughs> way he's to ready. throw me under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin's never seen Rings, so he probably won't understand a thing I'm talking about here. But so they Magic the Gathering just recently came out with a set for Lord of the Rings. It's called like Tales of Middle Earth, and there is actually a one of one. So I mean, uh, Wizards of the Coast, which is the people that make these cards. They made only one card and it's it's the one ring to rule them all, Sauron's ring. And nice. um, and so it's only one of one. And like the prices of these booster boxes was like four or five hundred dollars a box. Nice. And like you Yeah. And it's a one of one. And apparently the net value of this card, which doesn't make sense to me how you can get a value on a one of one card if it's never been sold or anything. Apparently it's net worth is $2 million plus. So you have you have a Magic the Gathering card that, you know, I get it, it's the one ring to rule them all, you know? And it's a one of one and it's worth is 2 million plus. And nobody's pulled it, that we know of. Mm. But it's crazy, you know? And then, like I said, that's, the, that's how these industries has grown, you know? Different products. I mean, you know, you had like I said, you had Magic and Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh! Digimon. And then you got all these other ones. I mean, sports cards is in its own realm. But as far as like these other playing games, I mean, because you can't really play with sports cards because they're collectibles at that point. There's no game to play with them because it's based off of real sports. But I mean, these these play these TCG games out there, they're going they're just going crazy. And I mean, even with that, as sports too, and, and obviously you're the expert on this, but I mean, even sports has gone crazy. Like I told you last night, I just bought another lot of sports cards from somebody and I ended up finding skateboarding cards. Like I found like five skateboarding cards. I am like, what? You know, so it's just, it's insane how it's, it's grown over time. And so with that, like I said, um, that influences a lot of other people nowadays to start making their own product. Now to take away and go to another you know subject as far as collectibles from TCG over to like vinyl figures like Funko and all these other stuff, you're getting people out there now that are trying to make their own product and they're trying to patent it and everything, which and people are doing really well because people are trying to get away from the norm of Funko Pops and stuff. They're trying to put their own spin on it. And at that point, you've got these individuals that have their own small little companies or you know whatever doing it in your garage or down your basement you know and they're making their own product and like I said I have a buddy that lives in Canada and he made up he had done his own company it's called Belly and he made these vinyl figures that are bears and like I said i was huge on them I don't even know how I came to find it but it was like the best decision I made because obviously I was supporting him you know and he does these one of ones and limited edition figures and stuff and he, he does a really good job and like I currently have like the seven or eight of them still and they're great to look at and they're amazing and the work on them is amazing too and so that's the thing when you're a small town person like that, you know, and you want to get into the collectible business or making your own figures and stuff, sometimes at that point, it's it's mostly to express your art or your craft, you know, and you're right. not huge Funko where they're mass producing these vinyl figures. And at that point, it's not really the art, it's just money at that point, but... That's how, that's how the collectible industry is, has grown over time, is just people are getting their hands in the cookie jar, so to speak, and they're wanting to do their own a, thing.
0: Nothing and wrong with cookie great. jars.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, but so that's my thoughts on that. I'm sorry to kind of. So. I'm expecting, but what,
0: what's your thoughts on it? Let me, let me pose, let me ask you a question. And by all means, anyone who's listening to this, please chime in. You know. Let us let us know your opinion on it. Is there such thing as oversaturating the? You know what I mean. Is there such thing as a oversaturation? Mm-hmm. Yes, too much. Like you know, I don't want to say too much of a good thing, but um, I mean,
1: well, for so, lack of mean, words, yeah, yeah. So that no, that's a good question. Um, like I said, obviously these are all opinions. So I mean honestly i think i think the whole outline of it is obviously the the big thing is the main goal is the dollar you know it, it, it that's what everyone's goal is too i mean like you said with funko when they first started they you know they started out really small you know they were making bobbleheads and figures and stuff and eventually over time there's a, there's a documentary called the making of the and it's pretty much funko but that was funko before right and obviously over time they started making more money and branching out and expanding and all this stuff so there is an oversaturation of the market for for figures and stuff and funko honestly in my opinion is one of them just because funko was based off of making figures based on you know pop culture you know hence why they're called pop the hence why they're called pop and obviously with Funko, they have to get license agreements and stuff with these, with these things and stuff like that, or else they'll get sued and stuff. But so with them, yes, I believe there's an oversaturation because they make so much of one thing. And like I said, if there's figures out there that people like, by all means, that's fine. That's great. You know, but I've been there, you know, I wanted to collect all the Deadpools when I when I first got into Funko and it got to be two months and I stopped. You know, I wanted to right. collect all the Marvel and DC and Batman, Joker, Superman, all that stuff. It's just it never stopped. You know, even with right. the office pop with right. my wife, you know, right. they haven't made me in a long time, which I'm glad because that means I love the buy them for her but like with us we had we had the entire line of office pops and when we moved um, i told her she's gonna have to cut her collection down and we got rid of probably about 17 or 20 of those pops and they're gone but what she has right now is what she has right now but you you are right yeah, in that there's just some lines out there where they're like i said it's too much of a good thing it starts off as a great thing and a great idea but obviously with companies getting bigger and bigger they kind of lose that that, they that, lose that luster. And, you right. know, You know, yeah. and at that point, it's not really about collectors. And I I mean, like I said, these are my opinions, and we'll talk about that in another episode. But I feel like with companies, they get so big, they lose sight of what the actual main objective is. And it's mostly about the bottom dollar at that point. Right. Like, again, they're a business. They have to make money. But right. doing collectible <laughs> It, it it kinda loses its, you know, like I said, its thing. So Right. And
0: see like that's and you know, I'll get I'll answer, you know, my, my I'll get to, you know, what I yeah. the second part of the topic, but right. Uh, you know, I, I I was just curious because like, you know, perfect example, I was just on the Funko website the other day and the good thing with me when it comes to Pops is I will collect only things that are like close, like things that I legit love because I know people who are like, oh, I'm going to get this because it looks cool or I'm going to get this because (laughs) it's cool. And then it's like, well, yeah, if I got that, then one, I would be broke. I would be probably divorced (laughs) because everything in my (laughs) eyes is cool so you know what i mean so yeah i i just felt like ask. i just i just was wondering if we if we agreed as far as the saturation which i totally agree with but that's for another episode but as far as like the answer for topic number two is like how far it has grown one thing about me you know i like to be as fact driven as possible if I'm gonna bring something to you. So did you know the global collectible market has grown since 2020 and we all know what happened in 2020. Right. The pandemic has grown more than three hundred and sixty billion and it
1: has grown like what is that what is that number? Is that money or is that dollars Whoa! Dollars. So the collectible market has grown since 2020. Three hundred and sixty. It has billion? grown more than 360
0: billion. With and that, was just a, that was just in 2000. That was just in 2020. I'm sorry. Oh, for that 2020. year? 2020. Yes. Oh. Oh, and wow. it is expected to grow more than 4% between now and 2028. So 4% between now and We'll say four and a half years from now, since we're at the halfway mark. Wow, Uh, that's yes, yes. So trading cards, because you know our thing, you know we have a thing with trading cards. Right. Trading cards on eBay alone in 2020 has grown 1.5 times the amount beforehand, which was four million. to give an exact number, 4 million or more cards than 2019. Um, Yeah. Last year it has made 458.2 million last year. Wow. And by 2033 it is going to be up to 1 trillion dollars. I can look at that. Uh, Yeah, I can believe that. And toys and toys and hobby collectibles—you know, Mm -hmm. whatever you would categorize. You know, I guess old school toys or whatever you want to label that um, as—in 2023 is projected alone to make 55.25 billion. Wow Yeah So Yeah Wow I mean It's Just alone In this year 55 I mean That's ridiculous That's I mean I can see it You know And Mm -hmm. I think uh, You know And of course We'll probably Both go into it With the third topic But I think that's Because there's so many Different options Nowadays You know this with trading cards Alone you know what I mean? You have, you know, well, and then,
1: know, and then you keep getting more. That's the problem. Like yes, you, yes. You're on one thing, and then you're like, okay, I, I think I'm getting kind of done with this. And they're like, I'm done, and then there's another. Right Therefore, you. like yes,
0: yes. Like so that's that goes back to what I was saying about the oversaturation thing. Like I think the reason why you know I believe Pokemon fatigue is a real thing. I don't know if it's a real term yet, but there's so many different cards that comes out. Like my son, he collects. He knows more about the newer generation of cards than I ever will. I have the newer generation cards. I may not be able to say half of the names without looking it up first, but (laughs) (laughs) but you know, there's it's there's there's so many you know. Like you said, you feel like you're done with one and then you're like, oh, man, you know, freaking, you know, Joe Schmo from, you know, Wisconsin just made a new complete deck of Pokemon cards. Now I got to get that.
1: You right. Know, so, but yeah. yeah. All right. Well. So I think that will conclude our three topics on today's episode. Um, again, um, we're not going to be doing any, well, I guess we did do some fun facts because Kevin decided to get all all factual on us with all those those uh, money. But uh, but no, we're not going to actually do any fun facts to this episode. So uh, what we're going to do is we're going to do a little sharing time here. So uh, what we're going to oh. do is Kevin and I are going to just talk about, you know, one item, if we can, and, um, you know, which one is our most favorite and why. And, you know, you know whatever it might be, you know, sentimental value, market value, or whatever story about it. So um, do you want to go ahead and start, Kevin? Sure.
0: Okay. So uh, my item that I wanted to share, it... I, it's kind of like picking out your, your favorite child i mean <laughs> oh, jesus i mean well for me well you got one
1: so it's gonna be too difficult i have two i was
0: Hello. gonna say i was gonna say it's like not necessarily because i don't i mean i guess it's not like picking out your favorite child but it's like <laughs> you know, I had to sit there and think, like, of all my things, if I had to grab it in a burner fire, what would I grab? Right. So, it's, it's actually more, you'll be surprised, it's not a sporting card. It's not a sporting collectible at all. It yeah. is actually um, one of the very first pops that I ever got, which was... Um, a Christmas gift from not only my wife but my my boy, Keelan. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a Goofy movie pop. The reason why it I picked that one was because sentimental value it holds so it holds very high in my heart because right. if anyone's ever seen um, a Goofy movie. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's wild, yeah. It's been a while. Yeah. It stars Goofy Goof, a.k.a. Goofy from Disney, yeah. um, and his son, Max. And, uh, you know, just thinking about it, because I just literally changed this as my number one thing just last night. But the only reason why I picked that was because not only was it the first pop that my wife and my son had given me, mm-hmm ever, but I, when I think of a goofy movie, I think of you know, being a kid I think I was in third or fourth grade, and I remember just bugging my mom about that movie, wanting to watch the movie I felt like I even tried to like, kids don't try to sit home, Oh, I don't think they have these anymore, I tried to steal the movie from Blockbuster Uh that's how much I loved the movie and oh wow Yes. So when I think of a goofy movie, I think of the times that, you know, I had with my my sister and, you know, nagging my mom about it and just knowing it from the backwards. And it just brings me back to a, a great time. And it just reminds me about, it reminds me of my late mom. So there's that as well. Um, you know, not to get too sentimental. But, I know. Here, I'm
1: peeling <laughs> up over here now. <laughs>
0: But, you know, when I think of a Goofy movie, I think of uh, a time where, you know, not only I watched it, but my mom would watch it over and over with us and just, yeah. you know, uh, plus Goofy's my favorite character of all the Disney characters. So, for my son to and my wife to give me that, you know... It it holds a special place in my heart. And then it also reminds me, if anyone remembers the plot, as my son is getting older, he's starting to kind of venture into that teen, although he's only nine, but he's getting into that phase where he's he's not wanting dad as much. Or, you know, he's not wanting to, you know, he's like, he's getting into that dad IDK.
1: Well, it sounds, well, honestly, it sounds like you it sounds like you need another kid. <laughs> uh, well I not, mean, any, not throwing any any hints out there, but um uh, yeah. But um but no <laughs> but no that's good. Um and I mean, yeah, that's 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 definitely a good one. Um so Obviously, mine's going to suck at this point. Um, no. So I don't have a sense of uh, No. Um, so, obviously, um, with my stuff, you know, I, I'm very particular on my stuff, especially Godzillas and stuff that I ever get. And honestly, I usually obtain everything that I have through myself, my um, my wife, you know, has bought me a few things, you know. She, like, bought me a thermos, and it says Dadzilla. I think that was last year for Father's Day. You know, they got me, like, one of those thermoses that you drink out of that keeps them of the cold. Um, and it's got, like, Godzilla on there, and it says Dadzilla, and it says Father of all Monsters, you know. Stuff like that that's cute and everything. But, I mean, usually I, I get things by myself. Obviously, because the things that I want cost a lot of money and I would never expect my wife to ever spend that kind of money um, because she's already spending enough money on herself and the kids themselves. So with my collectibles, if there is something I absolutely want, you know, I will figure out a way to get those funds, even if it means selling my other collectibles to fund that. Mm -hmm. So as far as like my, my most favorite item or items, I should say. And it happens to be six of them, but there's the, I'm not going to explain all six, but it's actually the very first Funko Pop line that I was able to collect as a whole. Yeah. And luck, there's only six of them and not 30 million of them. Um, <laughs> so obviously, when I found out that Funko Pop made the Godzilla Funko Pop, um, of course, I had to have them, And originally, I started off with the most common one, which is the most base one. And then I found out there were five other ones. Well, over time, very short period of time, I was able to obtain all six of those. So those hold a sentimental and kind of a, just kind of a, um, what is it? Uh, just, a soft spot in your heart. Well, no, more of like, An accomplishment. No, an accomplishment. Um, As far as being able to complete a line of Funko Pops or collectibles that I really enjoyed, and those were the that was those were the first Godzillas I ever got before I started getting into like the real high end ones, the figures. But once I was able to complete that set, I had a sense of accomplishment. And I've always told my wife and everybody that that's a set I would never get rid of. And I still have them all here today. Um, So obviously a few of the six are worth some money, obviously worth more than some of the other stuff. But once the second part to this is actually there's one particular figure of the six that really shares a sentimental value. Um, I have it's, it's a glow-in-the-dark Godzilla figure, like, it, it's called the Ghost Glow and the entire thing glows. And it's awesome. Um, actually, I took that pop to a Godzilla convention last year to get autographed by one of the Godzilla suit actors. Um, now... Obviously, if anybody's never seen Godzilla, obviously that's not really Godzilla in the film. Okay. Um, just really? as a disclaimer. Yeah. Just as a disclaimer. And, uh, you know, sorry, spoiler alert. But no, those are actually uh, grown Asian men that are in those suits portraying Godzilla. Now, obviously, they don't do that anymore because now with Godzilla being where it's at now, you know, it's all CGI and it's not actually suit actors anymore. But back in the day, you could definitely tell. But I went there mm-hmm. specifically to get his autograph, and that's what I did. I went there. I paid for my autograph. I have a picture and everything on there with me and him. And um, it, was, it was a very eventful moment, um, obviously, because he doesn't speak very good English. But he obviously understands, you know, hand gestures and everything. And the funny thing was, when I brought this in, he was very shocked. And um, he was actually very impressed, you know, which, which was weird, um, but I'm like, okay. So he was, at, he was kind of gesturing, like, where did I want him to sign on the Funko Pop? And I, I told him, like, he understands English, but he doesn't speak very well. English. Um, but yeah, his name is Sotumo uh, Kitagawa, but hmm. his nickname is Tom. And so hmm. a lot of people in my Godzilla community have talked to me about him, Tom, and they have gone out to eat with him and all this stuff. And he's a really nice guy. And I honestly would love to do that. But um, obviously, you have to pay a little bit of money for that. But that, that moment when I met him, I was very giddy. Like, I felt like I was starstruck. And I never get like that. I've, I mean, I've met Bengals players, you know, Cincinnati Bengals players. And I'm not starstruck. You know, it's like, you know, whatever. But meeting somebody that is a suit actor you know, and and stuff like that. He's one of my favorite. And just getting his autograph and just being in his presence was such a just an amazing feel. And like I said, I went there just for that reason. I walked around the convention for maybe 15, 20 minutes and chatted with some people and I left. So I literally drove an hour to Indianapolis to go meet him specifically, you know. Plus, I didn't want to spend a whole bunch of money there buying stuff I probably didn't need. But... I went there specifically for that reason and had him sign that pop specifically because that is a pop I will never get rid of. Now, with his autograph, I mean, there there has been a couple pops out there that people have sold for, you know, like 500 plus dollars. But to me, that doesn't really matter because that that those six pops and especially the one that signed, I will never get rid of unless I absolutely ever have to. But... Those hold such a sentimental value and an accomplishment because that was the first line I ever completed. Luckily, it was only six of them. But nonetheless, that's, yeah, so. But yeah, having that, you know, that pop is in a paste and everything, and, and I it, it's, it's on my top shelf. I should say my second top shelf, but it, that holds such a true thing. Like I said, because I got to meet him in person. I got to take a picture of him. He signed it, and you know, like I said, I could show this to a bunch of people, and they'd be like, "Who signed this?" And I could tell them, and they'd be like, "I don't know who that is." And it's like exactly, you know. And so that's why it's such a good thing. <laughs> but, um, but, but other than that, but that is my little story. So um, that's a good little
0: story. Yeah, I mean, um, that's, I mean, you met a celebrity. I,
1: yeah, honestly, much, yeah. In the, in the, in the in the Japanese culture, yes, he is a celebrity, obviously for Godzilla culture. You know, if you you know, obviously if you went to Japan, you probably would not recognize him out of you know out of so many people that live there. He could be walking around, and you probably would never have noticed him because he's usually portrayed being in a suit. And unless you actually know and seen him in person, you would never know who he was. So, um, but no, yeah, yeah. It, it was, it was, it was, it was a good moment. Like I said, and I had a lot of fun with it. Like I said, I was very starstruck and kind of giddy, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, like I said, the, you know, like I said, Tom, you know, he, he doesn't speak very good English, but he understands it, you know? So, but with that, I'm going to go ahead and say that'll probably end episode number four titled the market go boom. Um, obviously um. I will won- yeah, boom. Um, obviously, I want to thank everybody for listening to this episode with me and Kevin. Um, obviously, like I said, it's good to have Kevin back here. Um, like I said, he's actually he's getting ready to get on the road and do some traveling. So um, we obviously wanted to get this podcast done before he left because he's not coming back till next week. But uh, I believe he and I will be doing... Um, yes. our episode number five next week and I believe Kevin and I are going to be hanging out next next Saturday to do some uh, some adult collecting time so to speak um, and so we'll we'll figure out what day we're going to do the podcast for that uh, we may do it Friday heck we may do it Saturday after we hang out who knows but probably it'll probably be Friday or Sunday because I believe I'm doing July 4th festivities for Saturday. And I don't know about Kevin. going boom. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that would have been a good. That would have been a good one for next week. But nonetheless, so. Uh, but no, we'll see. Kevin might actually be coming over to my household that Saturday. We don't know yet, but we'll yes. see. That, yeah, um, so i can uh kick his butt in some ping pong um but uh, <laughs> so again i just wanted to thank everybody for listening to this episode and any of the previous episodes um yeah shout out funny. to our shout out to our viewers or our listeners sorry i almost said viewers yeah, not, um,
0: yeah
1: yeah and our, cap- new,
0: and our new subscribers
1: or our new yeah. listeners yeah, so Kevin and I actually branched out to some uh, podcast Facebook group, so I believe we uh, we have obtained a few more listeners and a few more subscribers. And like I said, we don't expect everybody to listen to this. We don't expect to be huge, but we do. You know, we would like more and more people to jump on and listen. But um, other than that, um, Kevin, do you have anything else to add before we end this? No.
0: All I just want to say is just thank you to our listeners, our day one listeners, our our peeps that chime in every episode to let us know what we did awesome and what we could work on without you guys or ladies. Uh, You know, this podcast would just be
1: who knows. (laughs) So with that, I will say and end this, start collecting, keep collecting, don't ever stop collecting. Goodbye, everybody. See ya.